0: Well, I don't know if you know this. I'm sure you probably aren't aware this, of this, um, but uh, I'm preaching today, and uh, this was not announced beforehand. So, if you leave now, <laughs> I can see everyone in the room. <clears throat> so, you might hurt my feelings, um, but no. But seriously, though, today is National Speed the Light Day, and I don't know if you know what that is or if you're familiar with that or, or if you are familiar with an Assemblies of God church, but what we call for our student ministries and our Assemblies of God fellowship, our, our missions giving arm uh, is called Speed the Light. And so our, through our student ministries, we give so missionaries can have com- uh, communication equipment and transportation Uh, in in whatever areas they go to serve or they go to lead or they go to uh, whatever countries they go to. So we provide vehicles and we provide communication equipment. We provide sound systems and projectors and all kinds of things so missionaries can be equipped while they're on the field. And so just so you know and just so you're aware and just so I don't um, scare anyone today or freak anyone out today, we are going to have an opportunity to give again. At the end of the service, towards speed the light, and so uh, I want to thank you uh, before we even get there and so um, and I know what you're thinking, and you're like, "Oh boy, I came to church on the wrong day. they're taking up two offerings it's okay like we if you would love to bless uh, our student ministry as we give towards speed the light, um, we, we would thank you for doing that. Um, so ha- have you ever had a moment in your life? To, to where maybe you're in this place right now in your life, and you, you say, I wish that the older me, the me now, could go back and drop some advice to a younger me. Anybody? Have you ever thought that? Yeah. I was thinking about this last week, and so <clears throat> since we've been in this margin series here at the church... Uh, one thing in particular came to mind. Now, there are, there are a lot of things that I wish I could go back and erase or go back and tell myself, like, you need to do this different, buddy. Like the time I got uh, frosted tips in my hair. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's why this is here. I now have a solar panel. So, um, uh, but, Or the time that I, uh, I, I was a younger kid and I jumped off of our house and I landed on the ground so hard, my knees came up and punched me in the face. I, I would recommend not doing that. Um, over the time, me and a group of friends got together, we got a bunch of dodgeballs, and as soon as we said go, we turned off the lights. I don't recommend that. I, if I could go back, I would say, do that one over. There might have been some blood. Um, but back in the late 90s, how many of you guys were alive in the '90s? Actually, let me flip that. How many of you guys were not alive in the '90s? Right over here. Yeah. Um, so they, they they used to do this thing back in the day. I don't think they do it quite as much anymore. But back in the '90s, uh, I turned 18 years old, and so what happened is uh, credit card companies they would send newly 18 year old kids. Credit cards in the mail. And I wasn't the smartest person about money. Um, I I was that kid when I was younger that my parents, we would go to the store or something like that. And my parents would say, oh, we can't get that. We don't have money. And I'm like, you got a checkbook, don't you? Like, it's just like paper money. You can just write whatever you want. We can buy anything. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, I'm so honored to have my parents here this morning right over here. So they visiting from Tulsa, Oklahoma this morning. Yeah. <clears throat> so one day, after I turned 18-year-old, all of a sudden, there came this envelope in the mail, and it had my name on it. And it was really cool because there was this piece of pla- plastic stuck to the paper, and it said, "Congratulations, Jeremy Paul Wyatt." You have $500. And I stopped reading right there. Because I was like, I just got a bag full of cash. Right. right? And I was so excited. So I, I went to my best friend, Josh. And I was like, dude, I just got a credit card. And he responded, you want to go shopping? And I was like, yeah, I do. And so we get in the car and we drive to Ponca City, Oklahoma, which was like the biggest town closest to us. And it had the best clothing store on the planet the buckle (laughs) right and these people are great salesmen they sold me some jeans I didn't even need and and of course I had to get lucky brand jeans right because this was the late 90s right if you're familiar with that I, I bought myself some things I bought my buddy Josh some things and and then of course I needed uh some new shoes Right. So we went down to the Foot Locker, and I was looking at these shoes and I was, I was, I was looking at these expensive ones and I was like, Josh, I don't know if I should spend this much. And Josh was like, dude, you've got like a bag of cash in your pocket. And I was like, I sure do. So I got me some new shoes. And literally in one afternoon, Josh and I maxed out this credit card. It was awesome. We had so much fun. Well, about a month later, I get this bill in the mail. And with something like 27% interest, right? And luckily, I, I don't know how she worked at this magic, but I have a great mom who got on the phone right away and fixed the problem, I guess. It just disappeared somehow, I don't know. But there's a lot of things that when I was younger that I wished that I would have known about, things about relationships and things about first jobs. My first job, and I don't even think they do this anymore, um, I was a paperboy. Anybody else did ever was a paperboy? Yeah. And then my second job, I, I carried out groceries at a supermarket, it was terrible. But... Um, <laughs> But I really wish I would have understood some things about money. And I really wish I would have known the, the role that generosity plays in pleasing God and happiness. But when I think about younger me, when it comes to being generous, what we call it is conventional wisdom. And when it comes to money and all the stuff that I have, we call it conventional wisdom. And I saw, simply, I saw money as simply dollars and cents. And it's it's just math, right? It's just simple math. And if you want to get the stuff you want to get in life, it's just dollars and cents. And you may be here today and you're like, oh boy, a message on money, a message on generosity. I already know all of this stuff. We've heard this before. But are you doing it? I, that's the problem. Here, here's the deal with, with church people or just with people in general. We know a lot of stuff, like, but we don't apply what we know. How many, how many of you guys would agree and know that we need to get into shape? Right? But how many are applying the knowledge that we know? Some of us, yeah, some of us maybe. So let me explain it like this. Um, imagine if you had 10 $1 bills. How much money do you have? $10. Generosity says that you, you, you give something. Um, the, generosity says that you give something so, you, ha- so you, you have something to give away. And so if I had 10 $1 bills and I gave one of them away, how many would that make? Nine. Which is more, 10 or nine? answer Uh, but conventional wisdom says that you give away something that you have so you will have one less dollar it's simple like I'm richer if I don't give I got more if I don't give I'm poorer if I do give the more you give the less you have right that's conventional wisdom it's simple math well, keeping is the better strategy to wealth than giving. So if I want more wealth, I'm going to hang on to all this, and I'm going to hold all this money, and I'm not going to spend any of it, and I'm going to keep it all. I'm not going to share it all. I'm not going to be generous with any of it. And, and keeping is a better strategy to wealth than giving. See, if I were to go back to the 18-year-old the me, what would I say about conventional wisdom? Well, if you got your Bible today, we're going to look in the book of 2 Corinthians 8. I'll give you a moment to look there. Okay. Yes. But if you didn't bring your Bible today, we'll, we'll have it right here on the screen. It says this The apostle, well, what's happening here is um, the apostle Paul is talking to the church, and he says this Since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, in the love of Uh, We have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of what? giving. Giving. Let me ask you today, do you excel in the grace of giving? See, Paul reminds us not to leave this out. See, there's this book that was written, it's called The Paradox of Generosity, And it was written by a sociology professor at Notre Dame, and they did research at this book at the impact of generosity in the lives of people just like you and me. And they surveyed thousands of people, and they did in-depth interviews with with many people. And they asked the question in this book, what does generosity actually do for people? And it's, it's conventional wisdom, right? And they looked at generous people who regularly gave. And then they looked at ungenerous people who didn't give. And I'm about to spoil the book for you, sorry, if you ever plan on reading it. It turns out that every single person in in this book that they studied, conventional wisdom was absolutely wrong. In fact, People who are the most generous, people who regularly give, they're happier, they're healthier, they have more purpose for living. They generally are, are avoid depression and anxiety, and the list goes on and on. So it, it puts it this way in the book, and I want you to read this. It says this, generosity is paradoxical. Those who give receive back in return. In in letting go of some of what we own, we better secure our own lives. By giving, we ourselves move forward in flourishing. This is not a philosophical or religious teaching, but it's a sociological fact. It goes on to say that the negative effects are grasping onto the things that we have. When we do that, we lose out on better goods we might have gained. And holding on to what we possess, we diminish its long-term value to us. To sum it all up, it basically says this. It says, give freely. The book basically says this. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. See, I heard all of this and I thought to myself, oh, why didn't somebody write something like this a long time ago? (laughs) Like, like when I was 18 years old, like why didn't somebody write something like this, this wisdom a long time ago? Why didn't, why didn't someone say this already a really long time ago? Well, Proverbs 11, 24, 25, it says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. See, I heard, of, I heard all of this and I thought to myself, um, well, a, a bunch of us had tried to keep as much as we possibly can because conventional wisdom says that keeping is a better strategy so you can get and you can have all of the things that you really want. But the Bible says that giving away is the fastest way to blessing. See, when the Apostle Paul talks about generosity and how we're supposed to live, he sort of flips the narrative. And he uses this metaphor, and I think if we stop and we take a few moments and we look at it, it'll help us understand how generosity in the kingdom of God works. In 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, he says this, he said, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will reap bountifully. See, he uses this analogy of a seed and planting and planting a seed. And imagine <clears throat> imagine way back to the first person who thought it, this idea of planting a seed like, and, and just waiting for something to grow. Like, guys, this sounds crazy. I've got this crazy idea. And I think if we take one of these things and we stick it in the ground, something might just happen. Now, the metaphor I used earlier was dollars and cents. But now the biblical metaphor, let's think of it as dollars and avocados. Dollars and seeds, excuse me. So the first guy is like, I know, I know, I know it, we, we could eat this avocado, but what I'm asking you to do is dig a hole in the ground and put the avocado, the perfectly good avocado in the ground. And everyone around the fire would be like, you're crazy. If you put the avocado in the ground, we'll have one less avocado. That's just how it works. And the guy comes back and he's like, wait, listen, listen, listen. I, I don't know how this works, but when you put it in the ground, it's almost like something in heaven says to that thing in the ground, hey, wake up, come alive, grow. And I don't know how it works, but trust me, it does. See, I understand the idea of generosity. It's It's so strange and it just sounds crazy and it's bizarre. But here's what's cool about avocados. You're getting a lesson about avocados today. Um, I don't have a green thumb. I am not a garden person. Um, And and here's the deal. I don't want you to catch me afterwards in the lobby. We're like, well, here's what you got to do. You got to get the right soil and you got to get this far in the ground and you got to get till the ground, work the ground. I don't want to hear none of that because I'm not interested. But did you know that an avocado can produce 200 to 300 avocados per year? An avocado tree can produce 200 to 300 avocados per year. Avocado trees can live up to 400 years old. I know it's crazy to put an avocado seed in the ground, but, but when we do, um, it's like something in heaven says to the seed, hey, come alive, grow. See, one avocado tree can produce over a thousand avocados in its lifetime. Over, I'm sorry, over a hundred thousand. See, what Paul is trying to say, he, he's saying, I, I know it seems counterintuitive, but there's something about generosity that just works. It's, it's like a seed, it's almost like when you intentionally invest your money into the kingdom it's like something in heaven says to that inanimate dollar bill hey wake up come alive grow see this is what Jesus is, this is what Jesus is getting at when he says this in Luke 6:38 he says give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured out onto your lap. And this is what generosity is like. Take some of what you have and sew it. I know it sounds crazy, but if you do, something will happen. Something will happen. I've been thinking about this message because in the church, when we speak about generosity, it can be difficult to hear. But to be honest, it can be difficult to speak as well. It can be difficult to share. It can be difficult to say because people get funny when you talk about money. So let me tell you a, a, let me tell you a personal story from my own life. Something that happened to me, and 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 it's more than just anecdotes, and it's more than just a book, and it's more than just these different kinds of things. This personally happened to me. And when when someone, I got to tell you this, when you share a personal story or a personal testimony of what God's done in your life, people can refute all kinds of things. But they can't refute what God's done in you. Kristen and I, we were first married and we were we weren't in ministry at this time we were just attending a church and we were just a dumb in love couple and and she worked in an in a office for a like a pipeline inspecting company and i was a mailman for Conoco Oil Company in Ponca City, Oklahoma <laughs> right? And so we were at <laughs> we were at church on Sunday and we were already volunteers in in the student ministry there, and and that Sunday at church, our pastor um, put out this vision, or he brought this vision before the people of the church to build a new church building, because we were growing out of the one we were in, and it was the we were it was an old building, like the, we were having church in the gymnasium. Um, so the pastor he cast this vision about building a new church. We were on board. We were all about it. We were committed to give fifty whole dollars a month. Yeah, you may not think that's much, but we were dumb and young. We had a one bedroom duplex. Uh, my job paid like eight dollars and fifty cents an hour, uh, and hers was pretty similar. We had rent, we had utilities, we had insurance, we had vehicle payments. We had to eat right and and we gave regularly our tithe. And even before this commitment to be generous, our income didn't match our outflow. And we were going to starve to death and die. (laughs) And here's the deal. We prayed about it together. We talked about it. And we felt like that this is what we were supposed to do. We were supposed to give $50 a month That we didn't really have. But we knew it was what God put on our heart. We knew it was his plan for us. So let me tell you this. When we started being generous. And when we started giving towards the kingdom of God. I got to tell you the truth. um, I, I don't know how he did it. But somehow, some way. God gave provisions to us every single week. When our refrigerator got low on food, Kristen's parents would show up at the house with a carload of groceries. And we were like, praise the Lord, doing like the Holy Spirit dance. Like, or my parents would show up and like give us some cash or give us some uh, uh, groceries. People would just randomly Take us out to lunch or take us out, they call us up out of the blue. Hey, you guys want to go to dinner? I'll buy. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I will only uh, uh, um, offer to pay my half once. If you insist, I'll let you. Just so you know. Um, but we were never without. And that's how God works. That's how God works. I know it's simple, but at the same time, it's so difficult. And get this, to top it all off, someone bought me a brand new 32-inch TV. Uh Uh-huh. And with a surround sound with it. Uh Uh-huh. We were living large. Not only were we blessed, we were abundantly blessed. And I truly believe that... um, That that just about every blessing we've had in our lives, financial blessing, we can probably track back to that moment that we decided as a family, as a couple, to be generous and to help build God's kingdom. When we talk about giving and we, we talk about being generous here at Crown Point, and and. I want you to know when we talk about these things, we're not asking you to do anything we've never done. It's strange and it doesn't make sense, but somehow God makes it work. Today, it's be the Light Sunday. And, and I want to show you what it looks like when we put good seed into good soil. So last year in our student ministry, our students, along with some help, and we, we got some special offerings and some special gifts and things like that. But last year in our student ministry, we almost gave $13,000 to Speed the Light. Yeah. Which is a huge deal. I think we were like number five in the whole state in giving to, to Speed the Light. Um, and, and there were a couple people that we highlighted and that we, we gave to specifically. One of those was a missionary named Cassie Bennett in the country of Jordan. And it was a, it was a place, <clears throat> it, it, it's a Muslim country, and it's a place to where, um, especially as a female and as a Christian, she was gonna struggle. And so we gave, our student ministry gave, and, and like I said earlier, uh, Speed the Light gives transportation and communication equipment. And our student ministry was a huge part in casting. She was already in the country of Jordan using public transportation. And we, we were able to give and help her receive her Speed the Light vehicle. <clears throat> also, we, we highlighted last year one of our missionaries, a Youth Alive missionary, Brad Keller. And what he does is he goes around and he, he helps youth pastors and he helps students be able to plant Christian campus clubs in their public schools. And I don't know if you guys know this or realize this, but our public school is one of the largest unreached missions fields. And this is what he does. And we, we played a big part in Brad receiving his brand new Speed the Light vehicle as well. So this year, what we're doing as a student ministry, we're shifting our focus just a little bit different. This year, what we're doing is we're giving towards the Living Water Campaign in East Africa. And I want you to see this video.
1: Water is life. Having clean drinking water is something that most of us in the United States take for granted. At the turn of a faucet, you can rinse your dishes, take a shower, and make a refreshing glass of iced tea. But imagine life without clean water, where you have to travel hours on foot in the hot sun just to find a muddy trench filled with stagnant rainwater. Insects have laid their eggs in it. Your livestock drink from it. It is diseased with animal feces and urine. But it's the best you got to bring home to your children and family. Water determines quality of life. Water is essential. Water is life. And water is the vehicle which the gospel is being spread in Africa. Over the next few years, Speed the Light has made the commitment to spread the gospel through unconventional means. We are bringing physical water along with the living water of jesus christ to completely transform these desperate villages in africa your speed Light money will make it possible for a world served to strategically dig wells just like this one next to churches these churches then become powerful oasis centers in which water provides sanitation restores dignity and changes lives for all eternity Will you help? Speed the Light is calling you, along with thousands of students across America, to end the water crisis in Africa once and for all, bringing the gospel to the most remote places so that every person may find life in Jesus Christ.
0: This moment, I'm gonna ask our ushers if they would go ahead and prepare to take up our offering. And as we're doing that, I want to point you to a few uh statistics that that they say that every day two thousand children under the age of five die from a water related disease. It says this, that that's the equivalent of nine busloads of kindergartners. Next, it says at any given time, more than half of the world's hospital beds are occupied by, by patients from a water-related disease. The water and sanitation crisis claims more lives through disease than guns have claimed in war. In just one day, 200 million hours of women's time is consumed collecting water for domestic use. And globally, globally, There are 844 million people living without access to clean water. And most of them don't know Jesus. Here's what living water is doing. It's going into villages in East Africa and communities in East Africa. And they're planting a water well. And right next to that water well, they're putting a church. People will walk for miles 9, 10, 12 miles just to come and get clean water. We want to help. We want to help people. Obviously, clean water is a huge deal, but the living water, Jesus, is what it's all about. We can can physically save lives, but what good have we done if we haven't saved their souls as well? And that's what we're giving towards today. We're given to, to, to drill the well so they can have clean water. But then a church is planted right next to that so people can find Jesus. But everybody, if you're, if you're continuing to give, please do so. But everybody else in the room, would you just take a moment and, and close your eyes and bow your heads? Um, I don't understand fully how God works, but I've seen him work. I see it as dollars in seeds, not dollars in cents. See, when I plant in the soil, it's like God is speaking to it. And he says, hey, wake up, come alive, grow. If you're new here with us today, or maybe you're, you're, you've been here, you've recently just come back to church um, if you're new here today, I'm sorry that this is your first Sunday. Um, and this, this message may not have fully connected with you, um, but maybe this will. So speaking of living water, Jesus, one day, he met a woman at a well who was going after clean water, who had made a lot of mistakes in her life and she was lost and she was looking for something. And Jesus, was that something that she needed to find? today you, you're, you may be in this room you may be lost you may be hurting you may be looking for something Jesus today is what you need to find maybe you're looking for something today that you don't fully understand but Maybe you're here today and and you feel right here in this moment, you feel the love of Jesus and today you'd like to accept him to be a part of your life. If you're in this room this morning, would you just raise up a hand? Let me see you and then you can put it right back down. Anybody here today, you need to ask Jesus to be a part of your life. Raise it up and then you can put it right back down. do this let's stand together I won't make you close your eyes for too long I'm sleepy too so as well as as giving towards speed the light today a, a group of our students wanted to uh, bake have some baked goods and and sell them this morning if you're interested I there are some awesome pumpkin muffins that I saw out there um, some other like a Reese's pieces brownie which is praise the Lord good Um uh, it's right out here in the lobby. You can drop by and, and they have some prices on there and uh, their, their suggestions. Um, if you wanna give $100 for a brownie, cool. Um, your choice. So. Um, but I, I just gotta ask today as we're closing and, and I know we're in a hurry. Um, maybe you're here today and, and you're, you're struggling with this. This has been a struggle for you and, and, and um, not even just the giving part but maybe just the needing Jesus to do something in your life part. And that's you and you're here today. Would you just raise a hand just right here? Yeah, there's, about, there's a lot of us in this room. We need Jesus to do something in our lives. We're walking through things, we're going through things and, and uh, he's here and he's the living water and he's all you'll ever need. not to make this weird or anything, but if you were near someone who who raised a hand, would you just put a hand on their shoulder and, and we're just gonna pray for those ones around us and I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna be dismissed. Uh, so Jesus, I love you so much. I thank you that you teach us how to be generous and you show us how to be generous people. But Lord... On top of that, there's some people here hurting today. There's some people going through some things today. There's some people walking through some things today who really need a touch from you this morning. Lord, I pray that you would just begin to heal their bodies. I pray that you would just begin to heal their minds, heal their hearts, their spirits. I pray, Lord God, that if, it, if it's a home situation or a work situation, Lord, I pray that you will work on their behalf. And Lord, I just pray that you would just move mightily in in their lives. And we thank you, Lord, for meeting us here in this place today. We thank you, Lord, for challenging us, for changing us, for speaking directly to our hearts. We love you. In your mighty, powerful name.